This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. He would not leave them alone, but that he would actually send them a helper. So he's made these great promises. And today we're going to look at four more promises that Jesus makes to those who believe in him. These are very important for us because they can make the difference in our enjoying the ride, living on his promises, or trying to figure out if we're going to fall through on our next step. We should be able to live life. In fact, look at verse 19. Jesus says, A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Promises. We hear them every day from people we know and from advertising we see and hear and, well, even the promises that we make ourselves. But a promise is really only as good as the one who makes it. We as humans will often intentionally or unintentionally make promises that we can't keep. But there is one whose promises you can always depend on. Today, Pastor Troy shares four more of the promises of Jesus, promises you can trust your life on. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 14 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. You know, we uh, live our life and we make a lot of decisions by promises, If we know someone's going to do something, then we adjust. You're going to pick up the kids? Okay, then I will do this. Promise? Then I'll do what I need to do. You go to buy a car. It's often you pick the one based upon promises. This one will keep you safe, or this one gives you this much fuel mileage, or this one will be this reliable. You'll be able to hand it to your grandchildren. When people get married, couples get married, there are promises, the vows that are made, very critical part is this idea that I am going to be devoted to you, to be committed to you, and you only, an exclusive relationship. We know that promises are not always kept, and that there can be great disappointment as a result of what I hoped or expected, but did not receive. Sometimes there are over-promises. There can be a promise that was much bigger than delivered, overpromised, underdelivered. The diet industry is actually one of the biggest nemesises there. Um, they create slogans, coin slogans like, eat as much as you want and still lose the weight. <laughs> and so people spend a lot of money eating as much as they want, expecting to still lose the weight. What we don't know as the consumer is that some of the statistics they give are the best foot forward. One or two out of a million have actually achieved that result, eating all that they wanted. This might not work for you. Look in the smaller script, you know, and the little hashtags and all that stuff that are down there. But it's not untrue. It's just a little misleading. In fact, the Federal Trade Commission found some claims of the diet industry to be completely misleading. Not a lie, but misleading. And the goal for them is sales. 
And so they have an agenda. Well, a promise is only as good as the one who makes the promise. It's not going to be any good if the person isn't reliable. If the person just promises to get out of something and they have no intention of keeping it, it's just what they do. I promise if you've ever had kids or been around kids at all who are in trouble, they'll often say, I promise I'll never do it again. I promise I'll never breathe air again. I promise. And whatever it takes to get them out of trouble, they're going to make that promise. But the promise is only as reliable as the person who makes the promise. Not only do they have the character, but do they have the ability? Well, today we look at some promises made by Jesus, who is very capable and very reliable. What do you do with the promises of God? I mean, I'm asking you, what do you do with the promises of God? Do you study them? Do you look at them in context? Getting the context of these promises and then outline them. Some like to outline certain colors or underline or do certain little marks next to them. And this is great. Promise of God. Oh, a promise of God. It's wonderful that you might do that. Maybe you even share these promises with others. And that's good too. But do you live by them? That's more important and of more value than underlining them, studying them, sharing them with others. Do you live by these promises? Do you build your life upon these promises? You know, when America was young and still being settled, many of our rivers and great rivers didn't have bridges in key areas or key places, key locations for travel. And so in the winter, the way that guests would get across is to go across a frozen river or lake. And whenever these things would freeze... Those who didn't know them all that well would look for a good spot that seemed solid and they'd kind of get on all fours and grab their pack and put it in front of them and kind of slide it so that especially the further you go out, you're committed that you don't fall through and it doesn't start to crack on you. Well, in this one particular trip across, a guy was doing just that and he was going across on all fours, distributing his weight so as not to put too much weight in any one spot. And as he's moving across... He hears this kind of rumbling, and he's like, oh, no, what is this? And he just keeps hearing it. He starts to try to move a little faster, and he's still got a good ways to go. He's kind of out in the middle, and then it gets louder, and he realizes there's something coming upon him, and he looks, and there's this guy and his family just riding a big old wagon, pulling a load, going across, and they get all the way across with no problem, this guy's still in all fours. Like, I feel dumb. I guess I can get up and just walk across. I didn't know that. I didn't have the same level of knowledge or trust that that other person had. You see, this is what it's like to walk in the promises of God. Not the all fours worried, wondering is something going to crack or fall through, but riding on. This is the promise of God. I am serving the Lord. I'm just going to go. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be filled with joy, and I'm going to follow the Lord. I can breathe easy knowing that it's the Lord who sustains me. He's the one that made this ice. Well, in the upper room, Jesus has been speaking to his disciples, and he's given his followers several promises already, that there would be a place for them in heaven, that he would definitely return, that they would do greater works than he has done up to this point, and that he would not leave them alone, but that he would actually send them a helper. So he's made these great promises, and today we're going to look at four more promises that Jesus makes to those who believe in him. These are very important for us 
because they can make the difference in our enjoying the ride, living on his promises, or trying to figure out if we're going to fall through on our next step. We should be able to live life. In fact, look at verse 19. Jesus says, A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. So the first promise we talk about today is the promise of a supernatural life. Life. Abundant life. We will live. Jesus is referring to the fact that he's going to be killed and raised again. And that the unbelievers, those who don't believe in him, they will not be able to see him again. They had their chance, right? They confronted him. They talked bad about him. They argued with him. They disagreed with him. And eventually he's going to be put to death at their hand. So they had a chance. But he says, after this, you guys will see me, believers, but they won't. You'll experience me, but they will not. Once they see him, Once they experience him for themselves, it will change their lives and it will serve as proof that Jesus is alive and that they can live with a knowledge and an awareness that we're to live beyond this life for something greater than this life here. We can tend to try to be happy here, make everyone happy around us here, but this is not the life that we're to prioritize. At the same time, Jesus is talking about more than just living for the future. Like, after you die, it gets better. He's saying we can take that knowledge, that understanding, and we can live better here and now. We can live life. You do realize that there's a big difference between existing and living. Existing and living. There's a big difference. Some just exist. They have a job. Maybe they make good money. Maybe they make little money, but they provide for their needs and the needs of their family. They enjoy a few hobbies, dabble in some of the sinful things of the world, whatever, buy a few nice things or many nice things. doesn't matter how many, really. They have some friends along the way. Some are into their life, out of their life, and some were friends or not friends anymore, but these things happen. You go to sleep. You get up, go to work. And you kind of just do it all over again. You keep repeating, like it says on your shampoo bottle, wash, rinse, repeat. That's what you do. They call it life. There's some good times. There's some tragic times. There's some hard times. They call it life, but really that's just existing. Everyone does that. You got to wake up. You're going to do something. You're going to grow through it, grunt through it, smile. You're going to get through it. You're going to make it. Then you're going to. Be glad it's bedtime and do it all over again. That's existing. But then there's real life. You know, one psychologist, William Marston, trained at Harvard, asked 3,000 people a very simple question. He said, what do you have to live for? It's a good question. But he was shocked to discover that 94% were just enduring something right now in expectation for something different or better in the future. Sacrificing now for something later. Their answers ranged from, well, in two years we plan to do this or that. Once this circumstance is finally behind us, once the kids are gone, then we'll finally, uh, once this person dies, then we'll move on. 
I'm waiting for better circumstances, and when they come, then will. The Bible says that we're born dead. We think we're alive, we're breathing, I'm existing, but that's not life according to the scriptures. You may have a physical life, but you're spiritually dead. You're not attuned to that which brings real joy and fulfillment and life. Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on building on the solid rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program, or if you have any questions about building on the solid rock, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. Listen to previous teachings as well, and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. So here Jesus is promising his disciples life because I live. You will live too. And he's comparing. He's saying you will live life, not just exist. You've been existing. But something's going to change because I live. You can now really live. Your perspective on everything changes when you recognize that we should be living today for something different than what we see, something that can't really be seen. We can live today, and God will fulfill us today. He will give us an agenda today. So many live with the hopes and plans of when this is fixed and I'll, we'll save and then, and we'll do this and then. Some go to school and they get this degree and then they find out that person's got a greater degree. Oh, and I can get a promotion if I get another. I've known individuals who they said they were going to go for four more years and it turns out to be like 40 more years. They never get out. They're trying to get the next thing. And I don't know if you know how much work school can be, but you lose your life. If it isn't the Lord who has said, we are going to go through the, the bypass of schooling, I am taking you there, no one should put that upon themselves. Because that is the essence of, I'm sacrificing now for later. Today, the Lord will guide us into the educations and into the career fields and into the things that he has for us. Yes, it'll include school or seminaries or the school of hard knocks, focusing on your family a little bit instead of on things that make you look good. You look good to the public, but your family's falling apart. They need you. And so the Lord might be saying to you, look, pull out of all of these other things that make you look good, that are all about you, and why don't you take care of your family? Minister there. Because see, God sees things different than we do. So we've been given the promise of supernatural life. Every day in the Lord matters. You're not just preparing today for then. We are living today to the fullest because when we keep adding days up, we're going to be where God wants us to be. This day, 
experiencing his fullness, his joy, life, his will, his agenda. You're not just existing for the future. You're to be making a difference today, all about him today, trusting in the Lord, living by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that every single person is going to live for eternity? The question is where? First John 5.12 says, He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's those who know him who have the potential to live for him and to have real life today. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. How many do you know who are living life the way God promised it right now? Or are they, well, I just, man, I can't wait till heaven. Like, bummer. Every day is a bummer. But, oh, I got the hope of heaven. That's not what Jesus talked about here. Well, it's going to be miserable. And even worse for you, man. The world's going to hate you, man. It's going to be horrible here. But, hey, you got heaven. That's not what he's saying, that we could live life abundantly here. Now, not the world's abundant. He's not promising you millions of dollars. It's not promising you that if you're single, you follow him and all the women are just going to fall in love with you. You'll have your pick. He's not promising you that. But you will be fulfilled. And this is something that we're looking for. You'll have peace. You'll have what you need today in your life. You'll be living it. You won't look back in five years going, man, I really wish I had taken those piano lessons. You'll be living life going, man, Lord, I can't believe what you've done in and through my life, with my life. But you've got to live it today. How many do you know who are living it today? Unfortunately, so many Christians will say things like, oh, man, oh, boy. You pray and you go, Lord, we know you're coming soon. Oh, hallelujah, I cannot wait. Oh, man, this life stinks. That's No, it should be, hey, you come back today, great. If not, Lord... Paul the Apostle say, hey, I, to be with you is better, but to stay, I got life to live. Which one I choose? I don't know. That one's better. Right now, I got life to live. We need to learn that the Christian walk and the will of God, it isn't something you add to your life or you prepare for. You don't add it to your life. You don't prepare for it. You walk in it. He calls you today. He has an agenda for you today. You can make a difference today. If we keep planning and preparing for and sacrificing everything for tomorrow, tomorrow never gets here. What does God want you to do today? See, when you start living today out for his glory, you're not overwhelmed. You don't think about tomorrow. You got enough today. It's going to be exciting today. There'll be some pain, maybe. There'll be some joy. There'll be some victories. And there may be others who are experiencing certain defeats, and you're in the midst, and you're praying, but it's exciting, and you know the ice is not going to crack. So you don't have to worry and crawl on all fours like the world's falling apart. You go, okay, today wasn't my favorite day, Lord, but I got through it. And Lord, help me to do better tomorrow the things that you want me to do.
each day, living life. Every single person is going to face eternity. And we're to be busy about every day the eternal work that God has for us. It's exciting and it brings great joy. So the first promise we see here is a supernatural life. It's a life that unfolds as we're obedient. Look at verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. What? I'm in you, you in me. What, what is that all about? Well, let's talk about what he's talking about. The promise of a supernatural knowledge. There would be a, this information that you have, that you get. What Jesus is saying is, he's speaking to his disciples, right? And his disciples are still under the impression that if Jesus goes away, they're going to be without him. How are they going to be able to continue the ministry without him when, if you really reflect on things, every time hard questions came up, they deferred to Jesus. Every time they messed up, Jesus fixed it. Sometimes Jesus did things that they were supposed to get, and they didn't, and he'd have to explain it to them off to the side. So they're thinking, if you go away, especially if he dies, we're going to have no access to you. Thus, the father you keep telling us you are an image of, we're not going to have access to him. So that's their mindset. And Jesus is informing them that's not true. It's just going to change. You're going to find you're in me. I'm in. There's a different relationship which is deeper and more personal than it was when I was walking next to you. The word know, K-N-O-W, used here, is not a word that's used for the acquiring of knowledge, like you would read a book or somebody would share information with you, and now you know it. The word know here is a word used of knowing something because you have experienced it and you know it. You will know. So he says, on that day, you will know that way. So here's Jesus. He's saying, after you witness my resurrection and then I pour out my spirit in you. When that happens, on that day, you will know by your own experience, that I am not gone, but that I am in you. The Father is in me. We're still here. We're still right here with you. And our relationship will be even more intimate. And then he describes the new relationship in terms of being in and not next to or with. When the Spirit of God is in you, you are made alive like you've never been before. You hear things, you know, we all want to follow some great leader, right? Or be a part of some great thing, something bigger than ourselves. Well, when the Holy Spirit fills you, you're part of something much bigger. And leadership, when the Holy Spirit is leading, oh, he gives ideas that are well beyond what you think you're capable of. I don't have the time for that. Uh, Who controls time? Am I not asking? I think I know how much time you have. I don't think I have the ability for that. Whoa. What what do you mean ability? Can you walk over to that thing? Can you get yourself over there? That's all I'm asking. And then I'll unfold everything. I just want you available. You don't have to feel like you're able. I want you to be committed and to trust me. The Holy Spirit begins to lead. And we begin to live. 
not just exist. So Jesus has promised life and this supernatural knowledge, which is an awareness that he is there speaking to us, in us. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come